What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody's well. So, oh my god, I forgot to talk about. Oh, oh well, I got too into the articles. What's we'll we'll talk about the fallout of the fight next week. My stupid, I am so sorry, guys. God damn it, bro. I'm probably just gonna start talking about them on Monday since the other fucking shit. Oh well. Have a good week, guys. Enjoy the fights. Joe Pfeiffer will take on uh, the Joker, Jack Hermanton. I could not remember her new name. I was going to confuse him with Jack Delia Madalena. But enjoy the fights, guys. Peace. Later. I hope everybody is well. Um, like I said, today we're going to talk about Conor McGregor. We're going to talk about Dustin Poirier. Let's go to the Conor McGregor story today. We're going to talk about Colby Covington because I don't know if a lot of you knew this, but it was rumored Colby was going to fight Chef Cat Ragmata in Seattle in June. But that doesn't appear to be taking place because Colby um, broke his foot in the Leon fight. We'll, we'll do that story first. Look, I don't know how true this Colby Covington business is, but it says UFC told to remove Colby Covington from rankings if he turns down Chef Cadrag model fight. The bottlenecking the top, bottle, he's bottlenecking the top of division. Neil has harsh suggestion for Colby's. For Covington's ranking. Oh, this is Neil Magny. So originally it was um rumored that they were gonna fight in Seattle in June. But that doesn't that's not gonna happen because uh with submission radio, Colby revealed that he broke his foot during the Leon Edwards fight. And I saw the kick and I'm like, maybe. It goes on to say, Coley Covington has shared x-rays of debilitating injury that occurred during his welterweight title fight with Leon Edwards at UFC 296. A former interim welterweight champion Covington returned from a nearly two-year layoff last December for his third crack at becoming the UFC's undisputed welterweight king. The 35-year-old's lackluster performance against Edward resulted in a unanimous decision lost. And in a recent submission radio interview Covington shared, the x-rays of a broken foot that he suffered in the opening round of that night. And it goes on to say, I broke my foot right away and I couldn't plan or explode off of it. He used the wrestling and pressure I planned to use. Covington explained, I didn't want to disclose this information until I had the x-ray back home. I knew straight away it was bad. It was the first kick I threw. It landed on his elbow. And it goes on to say, Chaos did mention a foot injury immediately following the UFC 296 following UFC 296 and the x-rays confirming that claim provides some explanation of how uncharacteristically, 
uncharacteristically tentative, he appeared to be against Leon Edwards. Against Edwards, not Leon Edwards. I apologize. The former interim title holder was also quick to argue that he deserves to he deserved to win the decision against Edwards and Covington. Made sure to take a shot at the haters during the recent interview. First of all, no, he did not. Like, okay, you broke your foot. I'll give you that. But you did not deserve to win the decision, bro. I, I get it. And it goes on to say, Covington did mention, did have a few moments of success at the UFC 296 evening with his injury. However, the stats from the fight metric indicate that there the 35-year-old only landed 44 significant strikes over five rounds to Leon's 55. The broken foot will likely keep Covington sidelined for the first few months of 2024, but the number six-ranked welterweight did call for a matchup with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in the aftermath of UFC 296. I mean, that's a smart move by him, right? Because, like, let's look at the rankings. Like, if he's number six, like that article said, he's right outside the top five. He's not, he's number five. Unless they're going by five metrics. Look, so above him is Gilbert Burns, Shapkai Regmata, Bulal Muhammad, and Kamar Usman. Okay. So he wants to fight Stephen Thompson, who's number seven. Jack Dylan Madalena is gonna fight. Uh, who's Jack Hermanson fighting this weekend? Oh, he's fighting Joe Pfeiffer. Why did I think they were fighting? I'm an idiot, bro. Why did I think those two guys were fighting? Jeff Neal is gonna fight Ian Gary, who's number ten. Vicente Luque. Was Vicente gonna fight Sean Brady? Will it tell me? No. Okay, let's look it up. Because I believe Vicente was going to fight Sean Brady, if I'm not mistaken. And he wants to fight uh, Steven Wonderboy. I mean, that makes sense because his style will negate Wonderboy style, because Wonderboy style is going to want to do that karate stance and all that stuff. But he is going to fight Sean Brady on March 30th. I'm like, I could not. Okay, so let's look at it. So Kamar Usman doesn't have a fight. They're saying it's rumored Bulal will get the next title shot. We will see. Shavkat, who knows? I don't think Gilbert will fight Shavkat because they train together. Covington is trying to fight Steven Thompson. Sean Brady's gonna fight Vicente Luque, number seven on March 30th. Jeb Neal's fighting Ian Gary. Kevin Holland's fighting MVP. And Neil Magny just fought. Okay. So I get why Colby's doing that, bro. Like, it's a smart move by Colby because, look, Steven is number seven. He's number five. And I believe Gilbert already has a, a fight book. Let me see. Because for whatever reason, the UFC should put it that if they announce the fight, even if they don't have it signed, which we're going to get to in a little bit, just put it on the website so people can see. And if you have to change it, change it later. 
Because I believe he's fighting on the Miami card. I think. Gilbert's fighting Jack Delia Maddalena on the March 9th card. I told you guys. Okay, now let's go back and look at it. So Kamaru doesn't have a fight. It's rumored Bulal's going to fight for the belt next. Shavkat, Gilbert's fighting Jack Delia Maddalena. Even Thompson, Colby and Steven are open. Sean Brady's fighting... Vicente Luque, Ian Gary's fighting Jeff Neal, Leo Magni just fought, Kevin Holland is fighting MVP, and Randy Brown wants to fight Michael Chiesa. All right, there we go. So there it is, guys. Um, It's a smart move by Colby. Of course, everybody's like, why doesn't he just fight Chef Cat? Because if he loses, that's it. Like, think of it. He's playing a game. Gamesmanship here, bro. Gamesmanship, that's what he's doing. You guys don't have to like him, but you got to respect it. Okay. Now we're going to talk about the Dustin Poirier situation. Dustin Poirier explains miscommunication requiring Benoit Saint-Denis booking. Dustin is glad to have his booking against Benoit Saint-Denis still in place after a brief period of confusion, which appeared to have fallen through. Poirier is scheduled to face... Saying Denny in the co-main event at UFC 299 on March 9th at the Kisiah Center in Miami. This past Thursday, Poirier announced that his fight was off with his teammate Johnny Eben subsequently accusing the Ultimate Fighting Championship of being stingy. A few hours later, the diamond revealed that the fight was back on after a conversation with his manager that seemingly cleared a misunderstanding with the promotion. Well, the perennial lightweight contender didn't divulge much about what went down behind the scenes. He is glad to have the booking in play. And it goes on to say, I don't want to dive too deep into it. There was some miscommunication. Not everybody was on the same page and I couldn't get a hold of somebody. And things got a little bit confusing for me. I was waiting to hear something, but it, it is what it is. Fights on, Corey said on the MMA Hour. And it goes, despite no title implications, the UFC 299 co-main event is scheduled for five rounds, which isn't unheard of, but rather uncommon. According to the Diamond, he insisted on a five-rounder because he believes he will have an advantage as the fight progresses. I feel like the better fighter, unless something crazy happens early, the better fighter wins over five rounds, he said. Even if he doesn't fatigue or even if it's not deep waters to him, he's the god of war. It's what he wants. I feel like the rhythm, timing, and my experience, I pick up on stuff, on that stuff on the longer fight. The longer the fight goes, and I'll find openings. Poirier also revealed that he was originally offered a slot on the highly anticipated UFC 300 card in April. However, the co-main event slot at UFC 299 made more sense to Poirier than a potential card opener at UFC 300. I was talking to Hunter and we were like, maybe the opening for UFC 300 pay-per-view, maybe the second fight of the pay-per-view. And then UFC 299, we started talking about, and that to be the co-main event. And I'm like, that's a much bigger slot. It's close to my training camp. It's close to home. So I just wanted, I just wanted to be a part of 300, but it made more sense, I think. So there's that. Like something went down, whether Dustin wanted to hear better numbers. I don't know what it was, but... Let's hear Matt Brown's um take on it, and then 
Gina Carano is suing Disney and it's being funded by none other than Elon Musk. We'll get into that too. Matt Brown reacts to Dustin Poirier's misunderstanding with the UFC reveals details from past negotiations. Matt Brown won't begrudge anybody looking for more money, but also doesn't fully understand what Dustin Poirier meant when he said he couldn't come to terms with the UFC on a fight contract. The whole ordeal, okay, I'm not going to. It goes after nearly spending 16 years with the UFC. Brown might be one of the only fighters on the roster with more tenure than Poirier, but even he didn't fully grasp what exactly unfolded. Dustin was saying, we didn't come to terms. What does that mean, Brown said, on the latest episode of The Fighter vs. The Writer? They just set the terms, and you just signed the contract, and you go and go. They asked me if I want to fight this guy, and I say, okay, I never really negotiated or asked for a different guy. It's not really been my style for me. It's been pretty simple. I've always been happy with the way they treated me and the pay they give me and everything. I don't really know what they mean when they say they didn't come to terms. Terms are you're gonna have you're gonna fight a guy on this day. Go do it. Now Brown admits his own experience with the UFC likely differed from many other fighters. He's never had a combative relationship with the promotion over his career. Whether it comes down to his pay, the opponents offered to him, or the events he fought on, Brown never really found a situation where he had to go to battle with the UFC. In fact, Brown says, there's only one time in my entire, during the entire career when he really felt he, he need, when he really felt the need to discuss the details about his contract. And that negotiation with UFC CEO Dana White was anything but heated. I mean, well, but listen, because I'm, I'm going to level with you guys here. I love Matt Brown, but he was never at the level of, of fame of Nick Diaz, of Nate Diaz, of Dustin Poirier. Because let me tell you, Dustin is like on that Nate Diaz not as famous as Connor, but um, people know who he is, you know? And, like, you're going to say, well, he signed a contract. That is a valid argument, but, like, it gets to a point where these guys feel they deserve more, so they try to leverage their power to see what they can get. And if the thing is, the fight was never signed, and if that was his thing, like, yo, I never signed to that. And, like, it's that he never told anybody or, like, nobody ever told him, like, yo, this is going to go down. Let's do this. Like, maybe he's talking about that. And it goes on to say, I probably should have negotiated more than I have, Brown said with the laugh. I only speak to my own personal experiences here. When they offered me a new contract, I said, thank you. Let, let's go. Who am I going to fight? I never really negotiated that either. Maybe I should have. Maybe in retort, I should have, but I never did. I've always just been happy to fight. There was one time where I went and talked to Dana about my contract. I went into his office. He showed me around. We chatted for a little while. And finally, we got to the negotiation time. He said, how much do you want? I gave him a number and said, okay, let's do it. I probably should have asked for more, but I thought I got my worth. It was pretty simple. I think that's 
part of me. Having a good tenure with the UFC, I'm friendly with them. They help me out. I help them out. I've always just been simple with them. I mean, again, that's him. Like, we can't sit here and expect everybody to be that way. And then it just goes on to say he never really had that much trouble. So there's that. Now let's look into this Gina Carano mess. Now with the Gina thing, remember she was on the Mandalorian and they ended up firing her because she said some things. I don't want to get too into that. You can go look that up. Gina Carano files lawsuit funded by Elon Musk against Disney over firing from the Mandalorian. In fact, if this article gets into it, I'll read it to you. Former MMA file fight, file fighter Gina Carano has filed a lawsuit against Disney and Lucasfilm's claiming the discrimination and wrongful termination after she was fired from her role on Star on Star Wars series The Mandalorian. Wouldn't it be on the Star Wars series? Maybe not. Carano filed the lawsuit on Tuesday in California federal court alleging that she was fired for voicing Right-winged opinions on social media. Carano is seeking a court order that would force Lucasfilms to recast her in the role she played as Cara Dune in the first two seasons of the series. Carano's lawsuit is backed by ex-owner Elon Musk, who previously promised to pay legal bills for anyone discriminated against, exp- against for expressing opinions on his social media platform. You were unfairly treated by your employer due to posting or liking something on this platform. We will fund your legal bill, Musk wrote on Twitter this past August. It goes on to say, as a sign of X's commitment to free speech, X Corp's commitment to free speech, we're proud to provide financial support for Gina Carano's lawsuit, empowering her to seek vindication of her free speech rights on X and the ability to work without bullying, harassment, or discrimination. Joe Benaruch, Twitter's head of business operations, said in a statement. Back in 2021, Lucasfilms announced that Carano would not be returning for the third season of The Mandalorian. It stated that she was not currently employed by Lucasfilms and there are no plans for her to be in the future. The studio also denounced social media posts from Carano, which included a message that seamlessly compared living as a conservative in the United States to the atrocity suffered by Jews during the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. Her social media posts denigrated people based on their culture and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable, Lucasfilm said in a statement. Carano also lost her agents at ETA following her split with Disney. Following her split with Disney. Prior to her dismissal, Carano was also rumored to become to be one of the stars of the new Star Wars spin-offs called Rangers of the New Republic. However, the series was later shelved. Her character ultimately earned a very brief mention during the third season of The Mandalorian, but obviously did not appear in the show. I mean, that's uh I mean, I get it. She probably kind of went overboard. She did. In a lawsuit, Carano also claims that she was bullied on social media and that Disney slash Lucasfilms harassed her over her views on the Black Lives Matter, her problems with gender pronouns, and rallying against mandate issued during the COVID-19 pandemic. She added that the Disney and Lucasfilms allegedly ignored 
her male co-star who routinely voiced their opinions on social media, but pays no reprisal as results. As a result. Okay, so it's just that. So now let's get back to I hope that gets figured out. Again, I believe Gina went overboard, but it is what it is, man. Now let's talk about Connor. UFC news. Connor McGregor sick of waiting for next title fight. For next title fight, next fight. That's just out at UFC. Conor McGregor still appears to be at odds with Dana White and the UFC regarding plans of his return to the octagon. It looks as if Notorious has finally worn out a patience of fight, worn out the patience of fight fans when he failed to compete in 2023. The, the Ultimate Fighter 31, following the Ultimate Fighter 31, but a New Year's Eve announcement. That he'd be fighting Michael Chandler and June quickly got the hype train rolling again for his comeback bout. White made headlines just a few weeks after McGregor's announcement when the UFC CEO claimed that no details were set for the return of the promotion's biggest star. In a, re- a recent Instagram story, the Irishman expressed some significant frustration regarding the confusion and his return. And he goes on to say, get the fucking date ready. Get the fucking date set. So, and now, and then there's this new article that just came out that apparently now Connor and Chandler are going to fight in the fall. Like, dude, what's the holdup? You're not going to have them on 300 because you already have, you're basically going to have three title fights. Like, don't tell me the BMF is not a title fight. It might be a gimmicky title, but it's still a title fight at the end of the day. Okay, so don't don't give me any of that bullshit, please. It goes on to say, Conor McGregor's long-awaited return to the UFC will have to wait a little longer. Despite McGregor announcing plans to face Michael Chandler on June 29th at the annual International Fight Week card in Las Vegas, UFC CEO Dana White revealed that there's no day has actually been set for the highly anticipated matchup. In fact, White says he's now targeting... Late 2024 for the matchup after McGregor and Chandler first class as coaches on the Ultimate Fighter in early 2023. Like, at this point, like, it's going to get to the point where nobody's going to care about this fight because, like, what? Eventually, White told the Pat McAfee show when asked about Conor McGregor versus Chandler. Hopefully this year. There's no date. I'm hoping for the fall. Hopefully. We get it done in the fall. Like, what's the big holdup if the, if Connor and Chandler both want to fight? What is the holdup? There has to be something else going on here. I think what they're doing is, because this is what I heard. I heard that either the plan is for Drickus to fight Israel at UFC 300 in the main event, or if they get another crazy fight, because originally the plan was supposed to be the Brock Lesnar thing, but you know, TKO has had their problems with Brock Lesnar recently, so I don't see them getting him. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, you have this fight here. You can use it for UFC 302 or 301, whatever that June event is going to be. Because you're not going to use them for 300 or 
I mean, because they usually go to Australia in September, right? I don't think they would wait. I think they would try to get the belt on Izzy before they go back to Australia. That's my opinion. And, like, look, they're with that new program, Drug Free or whatever. Let me see if I can find them. And supposedly Connor's been tested twice. Let's see. Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. They were Connor already. Let's see right here. Connor McGregor just popped up on UFC's new anti-doping database from more than one session. And this is from Aaron Bronster. For those that don't know, Aaron Bronster's like the Ariel Hawani of Canada. They're both Canadian, but, like, that guy's the go-to guy in Canada. The UFC Anti-Doping Database has released their first ever update since the end of their partnership with USADA on December 31st. Of the 61 athletes who registered who registered test sessions, two athletes registered more than one session, one of whom is Conor McGregor and the other is T. Lapalus. I don't know who T. Lapalus is. And it goes on to say Conor McGregor is one of... 61 athletes to pop up on the new UFC anti-doping database, but one of only two fighters to register for more than one testing session. That means Notorious continues to be randomly tested despite the promotion split from USADA, a highly publicized breakup that all started with a dispute over the Irish lemonade. Like they say, one's man tra- one man's trash is another man's treasure. So, it's not like he's not getting... Te- like, is it Mike Chandler at this point, you guys think? Who knows? But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch them out the push on Instagram. Official underscore P-I-T-M on Twitter. Um, I'm going to try to get better lighting so I can do the videos. So, the videos might take a back seat for now. But we should be up sooner rather than later. Peace, guys. Later.